Welcome to Driven by Music, a podcast fueled by Firestone. In this podcast series, we chat with emerging talent and industry professionals about big topics in the UK music scene right now. In this episode, I'll be chatting to Sports Team, one of the UK's hottest guitar bands, and also catching up with emerging pop star Josie Mann. Would you like to know more about their music and also learn how to maintain a balanced lifestyle whilst working irregular hours as a musician? Okay, let's get into this episode then. It's titled A Musician's Working Hours. Hello, I am your host, Abby McCarthy. I'm a TV and radio presenter bringing the best new music to people, whether that's via BBC Introducing, Radio 1 or 4 Music. I also run a monthly gig night in London called Good Karma Club, where I've hosted early shows for some amazing acts, people like the Amazons, El Divine and Pale Waves. One of my favourite live acts of the last few years are my first guests on today's podcast, the mighty sports team. The band have built up a reputation for putting on a killer show. They always bring that real party atmosphere. The crowds are always singing along and moshing to their anthemic indie bangers. Their highly anticipated debut album, Deep Down Happy, comes out very soon. And I'm sure once lockdown is over, they are going to be back on the road, touring once again all around the world. Lead singer Alex and the rest of the band are quarantining at home for now though. Hey Alex, how's it going? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you? I am very well, thank you very much. So whereabouts are you right now? Where are you in lockdown? We are, we're in a house together in London, in sort of Camberwell. Okay, so all is, of you... Which is all right, but it's quite, it's quite small. Yeah, and there's a lot of you. So, yeah, there are a lot of us. Well, we, we're, I think we're kind of lucky we were even able to go back there. But we sort of had a bit of a, bit of a clash with the landlady. So we weren't sure whether we'd actually be allowed to go back to the house, but we were in the end. Thank God, that's good. Are you all like driving each other mad, or is all is all fine? A, a bit. It's. I think we've, once we've all got like the album to focus on, we've all got we're all quite giddy about it, you know. So like excited, we've got a lot of energy, and not quite anywhere to put it. <laughs> yeah. So your debut album is coming out on the fifth of June. And like you say, you must be so excited. You know, your band's journey really has been has been building up to this point for people to get their teeth into a body of work. So yeah, talk us through your emotions. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's a weird one. It's kind of a sort of been a bit of a change of mindset because we should have been on a, like, a pretty huge US tour with Bombay Bicycle Club, and I think I think at the moment we're supposed to be in Mexico City. So we're, a different, we get, we're a lot healthier than if we'd spent a week in Mexico City, I think. That's true. A lot less tequila. But, um, it's just sort of, um, it's taking all that energy and just sort of trying to channel it towards something, which is it's hard to find for us when it's not live shows. I think we all realise quite how much we get out of doing that and how cathartic it is for us. The live shows are very much a part of what sports team do. So I bet you guys are just like absolutely itching to get back out on the road. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's what the album is as well. It's kind of like, it's, it's not very complicated. It's just sort of rock songs that are meant to be played live, really. Mm. So that's what we're, um, that's what we're missing. But I, I think we're quite hopeful. It seems like there might be some sort of smaller venues that open up sooner rather than later. 
And that's, I think that's what we love doing anyway. So we've got our fingers crossed as long as there's a bit of an end in sight. How are you guys spending this time? I know you get super restless when you kind of have days off and you aren't on tour. So are you already writing new material? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're working on album two already. So we're, we're quite lucky in a way in the sense that when lockdown came in properly, we were all in the studio anyway, working on that. Um, kind of just doing album two, we were into the West Country. And then they closed that when we were all sort of, when we'd been there for two and a bit weeks. So now we're sort of trying to do demos in the house and things like that, which is which is good, but a sort of um, a hard one to motivate yourself to do when you haven't put album one out yet. Yeah, true. Now, this episode is all about the working hours of a musician. So what does a working week look like for sports team? <laughs> I mean, well, I imagine it's quite varied. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think there's always that kind of huge contrast between when you're on tour and when you're not. Um, so touring for us, it's, it's pretty constant. And a lot of that is the, kind of a, the coupling like very mundane elements. So I think a lot of people think tour is of like a constant like carnival of fun or whatever it is but actually you're in you're sort of sitting driving from berlin to munich for mm-hmm. seven or eight hours in the back of a van with sort of no stimulation at all and then you're suddenly out into this environment when you're on a stage in front of a thousand people so it's like it, that's always one of contrast when we're on tour which is quite an odd one to come to terms with because i think you can get quite you can get a bit manic if, you know what i mean like you get a lot out on stage and then you're suddenly confined in a box for quite a while which is always odd. Yeah, it's a real and range that, of emotion, I guess, isn't it? Like, you know, real, like, adrenaline-pumped body and then being like, oh, it's done now, and then feeling a bit just kind of bored until you get to the next destination. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think so much of what we do is, is sort of even when we come back is is a lot of that. It's kind of like massive hype because you do, you do have a lot of time. Like, we have more free time than when we were ever working, Yeah, which was good. But uh, there's sort of there's no deadlines or anything like that, which is obviously brilliant. So it's kind of entirely on yourself to motivate yourself to, to go and write that next bit of the album or to go and rehearse. And so I think, yeah, it is important to try and keep sort of some elements of routine. Like we try and have, when we're back from tour, kind of like a regular rehearsal, at least. Like everyone will do it on sort of like two or three days a week and be like, all right, for next month, we've got this book. So I think that helps. But yeah, it is it is that it is that kind of constant change of mindset from even even when you're at home, you use it, there's quite often sort of events in the evening and things like that, like launches or award shows or whatever it is, which is yeah. which is great and really exciting. But then to sort of bring yourself down to all these kind of quite prosaic activities that a lot of the band really is, is always tough. So what what would you say your your day to day looks like then? Give us like a day in the life of sports team, like talk us through it. Talk us through the chaos. What would we do? So on, on tour, it it'd be quite different. So like the the bits of that, you'll usually get up if you if like if you're lucky in sort of a travel lodge and probably with kind of everyone else in your band. If you're at the kind of band stage we are, like I remember things like getting bed bugs from Cafe Chow <laughs> in your tracks and things like that. Like all the fun so stuff, pretty horrible places. Like get in the van, leave quite early, and you probably have to. I mean, you probably have to drive your own car around for the first bit. Like we used Lovely. to, we used to drive Ollie's mum's old Volvo which had like a flood at the front footwell. So we couldn't use that anymore after a certain oh, point. No. But, but so we do that and it'd be like usually quite a long drive, I think, and a really sort of unnecessarily early get up because you have to arrive at a venue really, really early. Because first of all, like, loading gear in takes a really long time. So say you get there at two, it's probably going to be four by the time you've set up everything on stage. Yeah. Kind of, if you're supporting, moved all your stuff around, 
kind of the the main act's gear. And then you could then you could probably do a sound check later on at sort of six. So it's quite like a bitty amount of time you get on tour, especially when you're playing a show. Mm. And then you'll have sort of this next sort of couple of hours where you're just sort of mulling around. Like venues quite boring places to be when there's no people in them as well. Yeah, I bet. So you sort of and the temptation is like it's quite easy to sit there and drink. <laughs> which you try not to do as well. Yeah. So I, I think more, more and more recently, but we try and do some exercise. I might go for a run or something like that, but more likely we'll probably just go to the pub. And then you play <laughs> your show, and there's, you just can't, um, you can't take away the feeling of kind of the, the ecstasy of it when you actually come off. Like whether you've mm. had a drink or not, it's never about that. Like you go on stage in front of a thousand people, and it's going to take you quite a few hours. Like you couldn't sleep if you went straight to bed. You wouldn't be able to sleep you'll go out probably till yeah. really really late and then maybe get back to the hotel and they sort of four or five or something like that try and sleep in horrible conditions and if you're the first in you'll be people will be getting back so you'll wake up anyway yeah. and then you'll be up at seven to drive to the next place so that's tour like tour is tour is grueling but it's still the best thing in the world like um and then when we're at home so we're all living together I, I genuinely think we are like we're healthier at home, so we all exercise quite a lot more. So like, me and Ollie have started uh, started running in the mornings, which is nice. Very good. And then there'll be we'll try and do writing in kind of because usually the, it helps me something to work towards. So usually you'll know when your next bit of studio time is coming up. So we'll be like, okay, there needs to be like a very explicit amount of songs that we need to turn into the label by the end of kind of X week. So you'll sort of make that last as long as you can, I think. Um, so we'll, we'll usually, I don't know, pop upstairs. Rob's got like a bit of a home studio mm-hmm. set up. So on a laptop, we'll sort of maybe demo in the morning. And that's quite busy as well. There'll be sort of a time to do vocals and that might take an hour and a half. There'll be a time to put a bass line down, try and do drum bits and things. And then when you've got kind of quite a rough demo, you'll rehearse that and that'll maybe be sort of later in the week and you'll do that in a rehearsal studio. Does that mean there's like a defined line then between like your free time and your working time? Or do you feel like you're kind of always being a member of sports team and being at an award show or, you know, thinking about what's going to be on in the next single? Like, are you kind of, is your brain always ticking over? Well, it's, I think it's sort of, it might have changed a bit recently because I think when we first were kicking about, it, it really was, like, it was just something we, we loved more than anything else in the world and it was kind of just us involved in it and it was mm-hmm. our thing and we were a group of mates. But now I think, because there's, there's a massive sort of team around it now, whoever it is, it's like managers and lawyers and booking agents, people who help with your social media or the PR and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so you suddenly, you find yourself in a web of people who are actually working sort of like quite traditional kind of office jobs yeah. that you have to work towards and around. And I think you end up feeling sort of like quite a big responsibility to them as well. So if you need to sort of help write a press release or sort of get photo shoots done and things like that, it, it often kind of loses some of the joy for us when it becomes kind of, sort of a deadline thing that someone needs so they can, they can meet their targets. I mean, we, we've worked in offices as well. We sort of like, we know how it goes. Like, mm, I, mm. I know how I treat a van like ours. <laughs> probably why I'm not working in an office anymore. But <laughs> Yeah, because obviously at the start, so many musicians have to balance doing another job as well as, you know, being in a band. You've got to kind of reach a certain level of success, haven't you? You know, maybe have a label on board or something so you can be like this is actually my job. So what what job were you doing before and how did you find that, you know, balancing the two things? Well, so, so we're, all doing, we're all doing kind of 
completely different stuff really like I was doing sort of like research basically and Baden was working on a construction site Rob was doing social media wow. Ollie was working like he was printing merch up I think it was Henry Henry did like sport journalism or something so like it was kind of like jobs we were really lucky to have and things like that and it was it was nice but I think we never really found it sort of very fulfilling it was always kind of come home and get back because we've always lived together which has been the reason we've been able to do it really but I think now to sort of like, uh, it's not the glory life we have now. Like a lot of our, basically all our income is live. You get to the stage where you can sort of just about, if you tour almost all of the year, like kind of afford to pay rent in London. But for most of it, for the last year or so, we'd all slept on the rehearsal room floors and things. So like, it's, it's, not, um, it's not kind of like riches. It's not the 90s, but you do it because <laughs> you love it and you always kind of keep that in the back of your head. So for anyone that's like thinking about starting a band and they love it, they have that passion that you just spoke about, what would be your kind of top tips? Um, I Top tips. I, what I think kind of make it seem appealing, first of all, that if you're not enjoying it, like a band, I think first and foremost, even before the music should be a gang you want to be a part of. People should see it and be like, that looks amazing. I think I can start a band or I'd love to be in that group of people. Yeah. And so I think if you don't feel like a sort of a group that wants to actually try and do something differently or change something, then then you you shouldn't be starting. You know, don't try and mimic anyone, I think would be my advice. Yeah, just do your own thing and, and be proud of it. Exactly. I think so. Like, obviously, you've got to love it. Like, no one's getting into it because they, cause they don't love it. But um, And just sort of... Um, there's a lot more sort of savviness as well. Like, quite, quite quickly, I think you get into... All the, all the stuff, and I think most bands will probably pretend they're not, but you, you realise how important things like having social media are and like having contact with your fans and mm. actually trying to make it something sustainable that can... Because it, it costs a lot of money a lot of the time to if you need to rent a van to play a show. or I know, I know a lot of people did sort of fundraisers for South by Southwest and stuff. So you have to get kind of like a merch operation up and running pretty quick and yeah. actually try and play shows all the time and forget a lot of the stuff that you might think, oh, it's not very cool. Some mm. stuff you just sort of have to do to to graft and make money and make it something you can hopefully do forever. Mm. I just want to jump back into to, um, talking about your routine because obviously there's a mm. lot of uh, different members of sports teams. So do you kind of like allocate different things to do with the band to each other to kind of keep each other on track? Yeah, definitely. And I, I, think, I think it falls into into that quite naturally too so like Ben for example has always done a lot of the artwork and the merch um, whereas like I, I might do some of the interviews more of the press and some of the songs with Rob who does mm-hmm. most of the songwriting and then like Al, Al and Ollie like um, <laughs> I, I sort of shouldn't laugh when I say it but quite enjoy doing sort of the more logistics side of things like Ollie takes great pride in running the band bank account I mean love that someone's got to quite a lot of the time like he's got, <laughs> he's got the card that he hands out. Like, Here you go. Don't, don't spend too much on it, kind of thing. But so uh, yeah, exactly. Everyone's got that, and Henry as well. Kind of does a lot of the stuff with Homefront, our label. So yeah, definitely. It's, it's. I think it just splits up quite naturally, especially when you've got a band like ours, who everyone has quite differing interests anyway. Yeah, and different strengths and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Do you find like you're more creative like the later into the night you work and things like that? Like a lot of musicians I've spoken to, they're like, 
I get the best ideas and it's like already 1am and I'm like oh you know I really want to lay that down or are you kind of disciplined you're like this is when we record this is when we write you know this is when we rehearse that sort of thing I think for us it's always been about sort of needing kind of the, the life bit in between to actually write about like you often sort of the manager for example will so try and set aside, okay, it's like, right, here's your month writing period kind of thing. Mm-hmm. By the time you're into week two of sitting in sort of a small box at a laptop, I, I doubt you're going to have much good to write about. Yeah. Um, so it, like the way we've always just tended to do it by necessity rather than anything else because we've never really had that much time because we tour so much mm-hmm. is it's always been like a few days in between dates when you've had quite quite like formative experiences with your mates. It's the first yeah. time you've been to America. It's the first time you've been to Europe and things like that. And you've, you've met incredible people and you've met other musicians who really inspire you. So, so that, that's how we like to do it. So it's never too structured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you've got to be pretty flexible. Like things must just change day by day. Yeah, I think so, which, which I think is quite stressful. I mean, like, we're in relationships and things like that. If you want to, like, plan some your girlfriend or your boyfriend, yeah. it's, it's, like, tough to do that, especially if kind of a lot of the stuff you do is in the evening. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very hard to plan, I think we've always found. Yeah, and I guess if an amazing opportunity comes in, it's like, right, you're going to play this huge festival. It's very hard to say, oh, no, sorry, I'm actually seeing, like, my girlfriend or, or my mates or whatever that day, isn't it? You've just kind of got to do it. Exactly, which is which is so much harder in sort of a band of six as well. Because I mean, everyone's like integral. You need everyone to to do anything, really. Yeah. So if one person wants to make plans, you can. You, that's writing up a day for six people. Yeah, I mean, at least there's six of you, and you're all the best of pals. So it's good. You can have a lot of fun. That's the line. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, the official line. line yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks very much. Yeah, we've good to talk to you. We'll chat with Josie Mann after this killer track. This is Sports Team with the races. Thanks a lot. It's a new one, it's called The Races. You can do more of this to it, yeah? This is good.
Next, I'll be speaking to Josie Mann. Mark my words when I say she is your new favourite pop star. She makes super catchy tunes about things that really matter to her. Her family, her culture, her relationships, and she's just really genuine and likeable. She calls her music identity pop, and I think that's pretty spot on, you know. Josie is on the line right now. How are you, my love? I'm good, how are you? Yes, I am good, thank you. So, for people discovering you for the first time... Tell yeah. us a bit more about your music. Obviously, I'm a huge fan, but please spread the love to the people listening. Um, so my music, I would hope, is like a really good reflection of just me as a person. Mm. Like it, it comes in very well with my personality and the way that I express myself. Because it's like a way, like music is a way that I express myself. So I hope that my music comes across as that. Like I like to be, um, I like to make people feel happy and uplifted. And I also love talking about love. Um, and I know that people can relate to that as well. Um, so yeah, I feel like I, I like to call it like identity pop because it's like it's just me and how I am as a person. So yeah. So what do you love most about being an artist? Then do you think it is just being able to like fully express yourself? Yeah, and, and knowing that what I'm doing is helping other people as well. Because at mm. the beginning, I was because I it hadn't been exposed to anyone. I it was kind of just in my own head and helping me, but. When I released it and realised that it's it's actually helping people more than I thought it could, it, that's the main thing that makes me really happy about it. Is that it's not only just to dance to and stuff, but it's, it helps people as well. Yeah, and that's really nice because I love when there's music that helps me as well, and I would love to be someone that helps someone else. Yeah, so you put out your debut EP, A Love in Boothang, earlier this year yes. and there's definitely songs that have really resonated with people. But tell me mm. where that title came from. I absolutely love it. <laughs> so my Instagram name is Agreedy Boothang and I literally was just sitting on the sofa once and just made that name up and I liked the way <laughs> that it looked. Yeah. So to me, that word looks like a picture. It doesn't look like a normal name. Yeah. Um, so then I started like saying like, oh, say if I was like excited, I'd say, oh, excited boothang or like hungry boothang and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> because the EP is all about love and different types of love and that I love it so much, it it just made sense to call it a loving boothang. I love it. Um, so that that's just where it came from. And as soon as um, my manager and I were talking about it, we were like, this is definitely it. Like, this is just, it just feels right. It looks right. It, it feels right when you say it. Yeah. So that's where we got that name from. And talk us through like the creative process of making that batch of songs. So I, I, I haven't been doing music for that long on my own. Mm. Um, and it, it only started to really happen when um, I started connecting with like um, the songwriters on a, on like a different kind of level. Because mm-hmm. um, before that I like was in sessions and stuff, but it was like, I was really quiet and felt quite embarrassed to talk about my feelings. And then it was like a way of um, releasing it. So then, so the first song I wrote was Colours, which was my first single mm-hmm. that I wrote with Hannah and Josh. And that was all about how, like, I just really want people to accept me um, and kind of just accept others as well. And then from then on, I just, it started to, like, I talked about things that I love, um, which is also a massive part of me as well. And it all, it all, if I'm honest, it all stems from me loving people. I think that's where my inspiration comes from. Because when I love people, like, that's when my emotions come out. Mm. Like, whether it's, like, a sad type of love where, like, you're upset with your boyfriend or whatever or like you're so obsessed with them Mm -hmm. so I think that it all came from like 
me experiencing a lot of love, if that makes sense. And for anybody listening that hasn't listened to it yet, obviously they should, yeah. because it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so let's get to the topic of today's episode, which is a musician's yeah. working hours. So obviously being mm-hmm. an artist sometimes means at the start that you've got to work, you know, two jobs to make to make music work to be able to afford to do it and even if you're lucky enough to then fully focus on making music Mm. you sometimes still work late and you know your hours are all over the place especially when you're touring and things like that so what's what's a working day like for Josie Mann kind of talk me through like what your schedule would look like so it's like every day is like I wouldn't you know like with like an office job or something like you have set times of when things will happen yeah the thing that um that I've had to get used to is that there's no set times and that it's it's basically always happening like music is always like the job of of like this kind of job like it it never ends really so yeah you kind of have to be the one to say okay at this time I'm gonna like stop and spend time with my family or um or like maybe put my phone down for a bit because you do find yourself on your phone a lot like talking to people or yeah. like um contacting like your team and um, so it can get really like like you feel like you have to reply all the time and it gets quite intense but then I've realized that that's part of the job and that I'm the one that can be like okay Josie like for yourself just sit in the living room with your family for a bit and d- don't go on your phone because going on your phone means that you're not being aware of what's around you and like it's not even like you don't work on the weekends like sometimes you are working on the weekends um but I, I do love it but also I, I'm like making sure to tell myself every day like you are allowed to relax about things and you are allowed to have your own time and not be so like full-on all the time like there are times when you do need to work really hard but also like let yourself have a break sometimes because otherwise all you're doing is working your whole life and not enjoying other things yeah absolutely um, and it's like a normal job isn't it it's like you can't we can't work all, all day every day because you'll you'll get ill <laughs> yeah you'll get burned out and you know it's, it's not yeah. healthy is it you've got to have a switch off point so for you exactly yeah when you're relaxing then at the end of your working day what do you do yeah so I like to sit down and the first thing that I've learned to do is just take a massive deep breath. Like I always say to myself, okay, now I'm going to take the deepest breath that I've taken all day. Mm-hmm. So when you t- like that, that makes a massive difference because then you realize like how important it is to breathe. And then I've recently started following this girl on Instagram called Emma, the alchemist. And I've literally learned so much from her. Okay. And like she tells you how like your body like you basically like a way to heal your body is like to make sure that your like lymphatic system and everything is running so I've started doing like loads of exercises to make sure that my body is like flowing because it can get quite blocked up when you're stressed oh, and like okay. stress is a massive massive like problem to a lot of like it leads to a lot of health problems and mm. I didn't realize that and then when I realized that I was like that makes sense why like some things are happening to me and like and it's just because I'm stressed and I just need to like relax a bit but um, I also do like yoga and stuff. Um, even if it's just like not intense, it's just me stretching, just to look after my body. Yeah. And like listening to what my body wants and eating the right stuff. Just because I want, if I'm going to do this job, I don't want it to like kill, not kill me, but like ruin me. And, and then I won't be like inspired to do anything. I just want to be as healthy as I can so that my brain works as yeah. well as it can. Yeah, because it's a very intense job, so you have to be Definitely, so conscious, yeah. don't you, of, you know, really looking yeah. after yourself. And 
from speaking to you on my radio show before, I know that you're really into this healthy lifestyle. And if I'm yeah. honest, you've kind of inspired me actually to take better care oh, of yeah. myself as well. Yeah, yeah. So what would you say is like your, you know, your diet? Like, are there any particular things you think are really important to to digest? Um, yeah, I think like um, things like probiotics, I would always start off by saying because that's to do with your gut and like your gut is linked to everything, even like your brain and stuff. Yeah. So looking after your gut automatically will make you feel better anyway. Um, but my dad, my dad works in food like fruit and veg. So like I'm kind of been brought around, like brought up around him bringing loads of fruit and veg home. So oh, I'm cool. used to like it just having, having it at my house all the time. Yeah. Um, and then also like when you see the impact it has on your body, it makes you want to keep it up. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I wouldn't want to ever go back to feeling sad just because I wanted to eat, like, a whole birthday cake to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all get tempted sometimes. And also... Yeah, no, I do, I do sometimes, I can't lie, I do get, like, cravings for, like, rocky roads and stuff. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like and I you, you don't drink do. either, do you? You don't drink at all? No, it's funny because I used to when I was, like, underage, like, how we all used to do it, like, at our friends' houses. Mm. Which I'm glad that I was like I went through that because it was loads of fun. But then it just doesn't sit right in my body. Yeah. Um, like if it did, then I would definitely do it. Like I don't absolutely don't judge anyone, and I like I wish I could feel that feeling of being drunk. But I just I don't like that feeling. It it makes me feel really anxious and like like something's taking over my body, and I like to feel in control. Yeah. So I think that's the only reason why I don't drink. Like I don't have like a bad relationship with it, or think that people shouldn't do it. I just it just doesn't work with my body. Do you think it's easier then for musicians to fall into like unhealthy patterns? You know, you could stay up late, less sleep. You could, Definitely. yeah, you could tour and you end up drinking a lot and, you know, Definitely, eating badly. Yeah. You know, it's quite easy Definitely. to slip into those habits, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the reason why I am doing this career and at this time is because, from, like, I feel like if it was back, like, way back, I think I could have fallen into those unhealthy traps. Mm-hmm. and that's why I feel like it was meant to happen now where I know what works for me I know how to keep healthy so that I can when I do start going on tour and stuff I'm able to do that and not get ill from it because that would really upset me and that would really scare me as well so like it's it's really hard like sometimes you're up really late and like we need sleep like it's something that our body needs to function yeah and um, like my dad when he like a couple of years ago so my dad worked like mad hours like he he wakes up at like 1am oh my goodness um, and then yeah and then he gets home at like four and he actually developed his brain tumor and like we know for a fact that it's because he didn't have a good sleeping pattern like wow he, and he wasn't looking after himself and it's because he never sat down and just relaxed ever in his whole life until that moment. Yeah. Uh, so that was obviously a massive scary thing for me and it's like I'd, and I don't want that to happen to me because it happened yeah. to him. Yeah. So it's like a scary thing. So how do you take care of yourself then when you are, you know, busy and preparing for shows? So I always make sure that, like, before I have anything to do, I will meditate and put my mind in the right place. And if I am stressed, I'll be, make sure that I know that I'm grateful for things because that actually automatic, like, automatically puts you in a different state. And you're also like really into like spirituality and, mm. you know, from your Instagram, I've seen that you look into like tarot cards and things like that. Yeah. So what, what drew you to them? When did you first discover them? Um, so my mum has always been into those types of things. I think okay. that's where I got it from. 
me and my like my whole family are very spiritual um it's just a really comforting thing like i truly believe in it and i wouldn't wouldn't ever force anyone else to believe in it but i do feel like there's always like angels around me um, and i always <laughs> and it's going to sound like i'm mental but like sometimes i can feel the presence or like I'll get like a white feather fall down on me, like even if it's like a tiny one, like those kind of things I look at as like angels and things to be like, it's okay, don't worry about things. Yeah. And that's things that comfort me because not like some people turn to other things, but that's just something that I turn to and it makes me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And and even with like all the things that I'm doing and my boyfriend and my friends, like they are all meant to be in my life because they're like, they're just meant to be in my life. And I just feel like, yeah, I feel like they're like kind of brought to me because they're meant to be there. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. Like, whatever will be, yeah. will be. And it yeah, normally, yeah, sure. it's because it's it feels right, doesn't it? You know, you're in your yeah, right definitely. career path, the right friends, like you yeah. say, the right partner. It all kind of just clicks into place somehow. Definitely, yeah. What would your advice be to people listening to this podcast? How do they look after themselves? What are your like top tips? I just think always listen to what your body wants. Like, you really can, like, if you really sit there and, like, figure out how you're feeling, you can work it out. Um, And just to, like, go at your own pace and set boundaries for yourself. Because it's really really hard when, um, like, you've got all these things to do and, like, pressures to, um, like, make up for. And sometimes you have to be like, I'm doing enough. Um, And that anything that wants to come into my life will be easily flowing into it mm-hmm. and like you don't like don't force anything because if you're forcing it then it's not it's not supposed to be yeah um yeah i think that's what i'd say josie you're a wise woman you know <laughs> my my family <laughs> friends always say like to my mum like when i was younger like she's been here before like she's <laughs> she's a weird child she's definitely been here before like the things that i used to come out with love that just like, <laughs> but that's just how how I am. <laughs> yeah, you're a very like positive, calming presence. This has been great. Thank you for coming on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. Okay, enough talking for now. Let's get into some live music. Josie Mann, take it away when you're ready. <laughs> Starts to rain, what a shame Cause I think I left my clothes out It's a typical day Running late, can't wait up But it's okay I wouldn't want it any other way All my friends spend money
of the rose, think I need a hand to hold it's a digital age, but I feel a little too old But that's okay I guess it's just an ordinary day Don't have time to worry about what I don't have Don't wanna be nobody Don't wanna be the face of a magazine Driving around in a limousine Got better ways to spend What an amazing performance. Thank you so much to Josie Mann. We've come to the end of this episode of Driven by Music, a podcast fueled by Firestone. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast and would like to thank our really great guests. In the next episode, I'll be asking musicians to tell us their favourite new music discoveries. I mean, everyone loves a music recommendation, right? I'll see you soon. <laughs>